Hello there. My name is Jill Renee Feeler. I haven't done a podcast in a while, and I had an idea for a podcast based on some pretty active social media posting I've been doing over the past few weeks. And when I was a kid, there was something called the Reader's Digest, and there were just little either excerpts from stories or just very, um, and these will be even shorter. <laughs> but I thought of a soulful digest, which is, um, and I'll read them, I'll read the social media posts that I've been posting, because there are, it covers multiple current events and, and non current events just in general, um, hopefully inspiring and helpful ideas and tips on how to be a version of you that you like best and being a version of you that the world responds even better to <laughs> maybe than the current version of you, right? Okay, so let me just uh, read these um, along here. And I know some of you prefer to either see or hear me say some of these things versus just the written. Um, and I understand that because I'm the same way. I, there's some people that I, whether it's a scientist or a um, somebody like Michael Shermer, I would rather hear Michael say it or talk about it versus read an article that he wrote. So anyway, here we go. And I'll give the date since um, maybe that's relevant too. So um, August 29th, 2021. Sometimes things just don't make sense. People's actions, weather, aches or pains, outcomes, public policy. For those of us with strong minds, we can often punishingly overthink things sure that everything has to have a reason, have meaning beyond purpose. Do you always make sense? Is everything you do with meaning or purpose? Any thoughtless or whatever type moments in your day or week? Consider your last 60 minutes. Most humans have many things they do that are not done with deep deliberation nor a sacred purpose. When you add up everyone's daily thoughtless, confused, and or whatever flippancy to everyone's careful, thoughtful, but still possibly confused, mindful living, plus add in the unverifiable but real percentage of psychotic and sociopathic actions, then you get this world. Thank God for nature, balanced loved ones, balancing or excuse me balanced loving pets and source energy itself to add some meaningful love and compassion to this often very strange place this strange soup of outcome doesn't make me pessimistic i'm naturally mostly optimistic but this approach helps me see things myself and people more clearly it also helps maintain a sustainable balance of loving presence that i choose more often than not and the option for thoughtless whatevers are still there too, because we don't lose those, even when we create slash allow for spiritual expansion. This approach also helps me be more realistic with accountability and justice. There is a lot of unfairness in this world that isn't leaving. So I don't rush to presume someone's thoughtlessness meant anything specific towards me, and I hope my moments of thoughtlessness aren't interpreted as anything specific towards others. I allow space for curiosity so my system doesn't clamp down on what may not even be real. Things are often not as they seem, especially true in space-time. I hope this helps you feel more presence in your own loving layers and more openness in your amazing mind 
We are so much more than we know. Okay, August 28th, 2021. We moved into our new place July 2nd. We continue to form it into its preferred state of being, which will take some time. But when done in layers, it feels pretty amazing, even after just the beginning layers. And it was special from the start. It takes creative vision, time, energy, dedicated resources, flexibility, love, patience, and space to enjoy what is alongside what can be. I love to imagine creative potential, updated, upgraded possibilities in living spaces, people, situations, explanations, communication, psychology, religion, and spirituality. That's quite a list. (laughs) Every living space can be improved, even just tidied. Every spiritual theory can be improved and reimagined with the goal of feeling our soulful layers and source and making personal transcendence more effective with layers of immediate results and more sustainably maintained. Every human can be improved and redefined by having access to an original and transcendent perspective, helping them better utilize their strengths and help them be more understanding about their weaknesses with doable plans for improvement where desired, while knowing you are special at the start. So although I love, I love home and interior design as a hobby, I love even more my profession of recreating and improving. Number one, our sense of self, personal transcendence. And please look up the definition of personal transcendence if it's a new word to hear and use. Number two, the way we imagine, interpret, and explain God, source, creator, this world, pain, joy, love, connection, birth, death, life, afterlife, space-time. And three, how we access the transcendence that is available within each of us. When we give ourselves room to explore possibilities and bring some unique vision and skills, Transcendent outcomes become reality, life, self, reimagined, and set in motion. This, plus original and upgraded spiritual theory, is what I do. And I love it, because the outcomes are unbelievable. It works, and we all deserve a great update with some good tidying. We are so much more than we know. (laughs) Okay, the next one is a bit more satire. Um, August 26, 2021. And there is an image of um, Atlas. um, And he's holding the weight of the world on his shoulders. (laughs) And at the top, there's a quote, the you are a very special being incarnated to awaken humanity. So that's meant to symbolize the, the weight of the world on Atlas's shoulders. And then my, my caption is, run, Atlas, run. <laughs> um, the idea that you are a very spiritual being incarnated to awaken humanity. It's just a theory trying to explain this reality. And it leads to endless codependent loops. There are much better theories that there are much better theories 
All souls are perpetually ascended, no matter what it looks like here. Okay, and then let's just do one more here from August 26, 2021. Sorry, I keep tickling my nose for those of you that are watching the video. I didn't take an allergy pill today and I'm allergic to cats and furry dogs and I have a dog and two cats and my daughter has two ferrets. So it's just the, <laughs> the cost of, of pet love. <laughs> okay, August 26, 2021. Being centered feels more doable when you put Oh, excuse me. Let me start over. Being centered feels more doable when you are in your own space, focusing on it. It's when we are with others at work, driving, facing contentious situations in the world or engaging online where it is harder. The more practiced you become at number one, creating a center. Number two, occupying your center. And number three, restoring your center as needed slash desired, the more readily you will feel like the you that you like best, no matter what is going on. Now, some haven't created their center, which was step one. For people pleasers, they may think that their center is when others are pleased with them or like them. But that isn't a center. That's a situation that you have hardly any control over. The result is trying to feel well by pleasing others. For healers, whether they be trained or natural, they may think their center is when the other is in a state of well-being. But again, that isn't a center, that is a situation that you have very little control over. The result is often a loop of pushing a rope scenarios, devoting more energy to another's healing than that being is. A center is a sense of inner well-being, wholeness, and serenity that is completely independent of everything and everyone else. This is a foreign concept for many, but I recognize it as a key tenet in any pursuit of transcendence and self-actualization, and it is possible. I use it every day and see the results in my peer group slash clients every day. On a related note, no particular group slash wave is closer to source, closer to transcendence than another. Everyone's well-being is in their own hands, just like when Jesus was here and the Buddha and on and on and on. Can others, you, me, help those who need or desire it? Of course. And authentic well-being starts in the center of each one. I do want to read more. Maybe I'll keep going because this next one is a little sassy. Maybe I need the context though of the, yeah, I think I will kind of change the order up because I, I wrote some pretty, I didn't mean them to be um, triggering for people, uh, but they ended up being triggered. <laughs> triggered. <laughs> some people ended up being triggered. And again, that wasn't my intention, but it is what happened at least with a few. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so there's two parts. The first one, they were both on the same day, August 24th, 2021. Worldviews shape so much of our responses, suspicions, and expectations. Is there a loved one making choices that you don't agree with or don't understand? Ask them the bigger questions. Why do they think humanity is on the planet? 
Why do they, or what do they think controls people's decisions? Do they believe in free will? Do they have hopeful, neutral, or even apocalyptic expectations for our times or for humanity in general? Do they believe in a hero type figure or group that can or will save the day or save us all? Do they believe someone or some group is knowingly misleading them or the public in general about any specific issues? We all have our own answers to these questions. And in especially uncertain or stressful times, individuals can find themselves in pockets of belief or niche communities they wouldn't normally be in. These questions may help you get to know them so much better. And you may get some surprising answers. I'll post that as a part two later today. In my work, I come across some very popular, but in my opinion, distorted ideas of number one, how this world works, and two, what is happening. A lot of what I offer are new theories to such questions, theories that help each human be and live their transcendent self because we are so much more than we know. Okay, Uh, part two. (laughs) Yeah, this one. I apologize in advance if this bothers anybody. Oh, again, that was not my intention. Okay, Um, in an earlier post, I encouraged those with very different decisions from loved ones to consider asking them bigger questions, helping you to understand their worldview. Now part two, and it's about to get weird, like really weird. Here we go. Did you know that some never vaxxers believe in something called Agenda 21, in which non-human dark forces are controlling the planet, working as the most powerful humans with goals to radically depopulate Earth? To those believers, COVID is just another hoax, a false flag, designed to prompt a global vaccination campaign so that societies can be administered with a suppressive, dehumanizing compound called a COVID vaccine. Such conspiracies view the medical industry as a profit-making machine linked to other systems meant to keep us sick but just alive to do the jobs that controllers don't want to do themselves. This theory is utterly sinister and keeps its believers in the shadows of society, often not using the banking system, staying away from Western medicine, sometimes holding libertarian views, but possibly even anarchist views. They view public attention, (laughs) that's funny, they view public education, is what I meant to say, and college as primarily programming systems meant not to teach, but to brainwash. Pretty radical, I know. But for those in that worldview, their answers to the questions in part one may help you understand them better. Now, keep in mind that those who believe in such ideology aren't less intelligent or less educated. They have clearly gone down a rabbit hole or two, however. More tips for communication with such believers. Changing one's worldview is often akin to escaping a cult. Telling them their ideas are crazy or ridiculous won't help. They are certain they are correct, and that if you don't know what they know, that is because you are just asleep, unconscious, programmed to not see, quote-unquote, the truth. 
Studies indicate that those who find themselves in cult-like ideologies often have higher than average IQs. Sometimes just one compelling logical challenge against their beliefs can break the spell. If the bubble of their delusion breaks, they then need support and compassion. And I heard from some people who maybe that struck too close to home. Um, and you are free to believe what you want to believe. And I am free to say what I want to say, which is what prompted the next post. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that, that was a different one. Let me skip one. Well, being amidst chaos, maybe I'll come back to. Um, oh, yeah, here it is. This one got really popular on Facebook. Okay, August 25th, 2021, which was, yeah, one day, one day after the, uh, the Agenda 21 expose. Okay. If my presenting my opinions, theories, and beliefs on my Facebook wall is troublesome to you, please consider that on a subconscious level, you are hoping I only post what you agree with, what you want shared in the world. But I am not you, and this is not your wall. I will speak for me, and if you agree with what I speak, I agree that that is enjoyable. And you are free to speak for you. And I may agree with you or not, but you will not find me on your wall criticizing what I disagree with, somewhat shaming you for expressing your opinion on how you expressed your views, because I walk my talk. Some are getting bothered that I am sharing what turns out to be differences from their views on my wall, and some are definitely wanting to let me know, to let me know I am wrong, according to them that I am saying it wrong, according to them. Controlling behavior pops up in interesting ways, especially when one is disappointed or even angry at another. Strange times, indeed. Hang on to your hearts, your soulful layers. My work is designed to liberate the transcendent layers that are within all life. That is often inspiring and can be triggering. I don't like the triggering part, and I know for myself when I've been triggered, disappointed, or angered by another's views, I go within and I examine what about their view is making me disappointed or angry, going deeper with each, with each reflection as I get to a core belief, and there is the love. The openness, the vastness of source layers that do not want to control that do not want to suppress, and I can feel my love for something bigger than another's agreement with me, than another's views, that lets me love them when even when we disagree on something. I hope this helps. <sighs> yeah, that one felt really good. <laughs> really good to get out there. Okay, I'll do I'll do another one. Let's see. Keep going here. August 25th, earlier in the day, well-being amidst chaos. Of course, whether things are in chaos is subjective and personal. Here are some strategies that can assist in creating well-being, no matter what is going on. But it may not feel natural at all, especially at first. How can I smile, laugh, enjoy a hug and loved ones when blank is going on? right? That's what many people are thinking. And yet, if we only allow ourselves to smile, laugh, breathe, 
and enjoy a hug with a loved one when things are going well, when things are sorted out, we miss out on a lot of smiles, a lot of laughs, soothing deep breaths, comforting hugs, and cherished times with beings we love. So how does this work? First, it is helpful to to sort of create boundary around the pressing issue because it may not get better and it may actually get worse. Within yourself, you may want to imagine a top end six burner stove and one burner is dedicated to a very special heavy pot with a tight closing lid where you imagine putting all those pressing, pressing issues, the big ones and the little ones. They are available, but they're not taking over all the other ways you want to enjoy you and your life. You have five other burners to create, simmer, and cook whatever versions of you that you enjoy most. Maybe one burner gets dedicated to your roles as the devoted professional wanting to be your best for you and for others. Another burner can be the caring family member, devoted parent, loving child, caring partner, compassionate sibling. Another burner can be for enjoyable hobbies and interests. Another burner can be curious exploration, learning, and growth in areas that make you a better person at all the important, meaningful roles listed above. This sounds so easy, but it can be really, really hard because the chaotic affairs can feel like a tornado sucking everything up in its presence. Second, notice the temptations to get sucked in away from the other things that also matter, personal affairs, you and your life. Third, become aware of the hooks back into the tornado, whether it be from certain social media accounts, certain emails and newsletters, certain channels, certain websites, certain podcasts, certain acquaintances. It it is getting easier and easier to notice who is giving almost all of their burners, all of their energy, time, attention, life to these huge problems. (laughs) Some of these choices are not made consciously. Put those problems into that one special pot where you can tend to them on your terms and get your life back and maybe even get yourself back. Those issues do matter, but so do you and what you enjoy in life. And I hope this helps. Hmm. (sighs) Okay, we did that one. People pleasers. Yeah, there's a lot. It keeps going. (laughs) I post on social media quite readily. um, And most of the time when I, I post it, I post a ghost is an expression that Joe Rogan uses. And I like that. I'd kind of post and then I get out of there. Um, and I don't like hang around for the dialogue most of the time. Occasionally I do. Anyway, um, for those of you that enjoyed this, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I, let's see, I'm just thinking, do I want to do, oh, what else do I want to do in this one? I like to try new things and you may see me trying to be funny (laughs) Um, and trying to do some skits to kind of play with some of these ideas. I, um, I like to convey especially ideas that, that maybe somebody would immediately reject in a Facebook post. Sometimes if you, 
if you portray it in like a little skit or something like that, it may be more like, oh, I actually see what she's saying there. Whether you agree with me or not, it may just kind of open a doorway and create more curiosity and openness in your field, which is very sourcey, source energy like. Um, let's see. I guess I have been asked by one of my peers slash audience members um, to <laughs> to share a prop that I use in my courses, and it is this big. It's bigger than a hamster ball. I think this is for like chinchillas or maybe ferrets. I don't know. We haven't used it with our ferrets. Um, anyway, so why do I have this? So. <laughs> it seems so silly to be holding this ball in front of you, but it, it works really well. So I view and imagine all of space-time as within a sphere, within an orb. Just ponder that for a moment, okay? All of space and all of time in an orb. So this, right? So everything we know about the cosmology, everything we know about the Big Bang, everything humanity presently knows about galaxies and all of humanity and all of physical life, all of time, all of history, all of future, all of present is all in this. So life is in this ball. Um, a range of the afterlife is also in this, in this sphere, right? So when I hear my favorite either physicists or astrophysicists or cosmologists on um, podcasts and things like that, and they say, they get to the part of like, and what was before that? I'm like, oh, that's so sad. They're still stuck in the ball. <laughs> They're still stuck in space time. Because before is a space time question. And what happens after is is still in space-time. And I don't have anything against space-time. I think space-time is an amazing creation and an amazing experience. But here's the thing. <laughs> the scientists and all of us that are only operating from our, our five human senses and only observing space-time, there's only so far we can get, <laughs> okay? And sadly, even... Um, yeah, well, it's really only religions and spiritual theorists uh, like myself that are contemplating what is beyond space-time. So to me, my theory is that what is beyond space-time is a range of all of us, all life, that never wasn't. It's omnipresent. <sighs> So there's a range of you that never was not. And that range of you assisted in making a you so that you could be here, here. That's a space-time uh, term, <laughs> right? You could be you here in this space, in this time. And that version of you that is omnipresent, what I call your sofa layers that are beyond space-time, because you are not, you don't stop being your sofa layers here. You just, most of us feel most, <laughs> most, not all, most of us feel less of those sofa layers because that's what space-time does. It's one of the things it does. And when we chose, choose to be a human life form, we have five human senses. And those five human senses can feel like the only senses that exist. 
And then we're in a time <laughs> where scientists sort of rule <laughs> in terms of what's intelligent and what's stupid, um, what's unintelligent thinking. And they only use five, their five human senses. And anything that utilizes the beyond the five human senses, i.e. sixth sense plus, um, is ridiculed, demeaned, etc., which is ridiculous to me. Because when you look at inventors, when I mean, I've, I know inventors, I know patent holders, I've met patent holders, like amazing patent holders, like top five patent holders in the world, type folks, one of my neighbors, uh, I didn't know him, but he was an amazing patent holder. When you listen to amazing, amazing inventors, I was going to say scientists, but they may or may not be scientists. Anyway, inventors, and you actually Sam, you're okay, I'll feed you in a minute. Um, when you actually hear them talk about how they came up with the idea, it isn't something that they read. It's something that came from within. It was, it was inspired by within. It was a sense that they had of a solution or a remedy or a new way of looking at a problem, right? It doesn't have to be a solution necessarily, but a new, a new theory, a new hypothesis, that originated literally from within their energy field, the subsphere, the sub orb within the big orb of all of space time. Okay, so that range of creation that they're operating from as an inventor, or a musician or a composer or a dancer, or a spiritual theorist or a writer, I mean, there's all of us have epiphanies and and oh my God, answers that we didn't read in a book, that we're not utilizing our five human senses. Right, Sam, you're okay. I know you think it's time to eat, but you're actually a little early. It's good. I got you. It's okay. Um, so they're, you, they're demonstrating their use of the soulful layers that operate also beyond space-time. So they're soulful layers that are capable of creating more than what's here are capable of conceiving something in an enlightened, transcendent manner and then utilizing it and then sharing it and then patenting it or whatever the case may be. They're inserting something into space-time from within their humanness, from the inside out. And then it becomes an experience, a thing with an idea, a creation, a, a book, a song, a lyric, a composition, whatever, within space-time. Okay, so they inserted it. We're all inserters of things, ideas, notions in this world. So those soulful layers are a huge part of what can get humanity can get our planet through dark times and I love to support those transcendent soulful layers that are a part of all of us even when we only think we're the five human senses even when we think the only thing that that is is within space-time even when we're denying that there's something more than us and something more than space and something more than time because we have that option of pretending there's nothing more but pretending doesn't make things true and for those uh, 
scientists out there <laughs> that may be saying, you need to be able to prove it for it to be real. There's a lot of things that are true that can't be proven. That doesn't mean they're not true. That just means that the five human senses and the scientific method can't grasp the notion of what it is, let alone prove it. Okay. Okay, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that was helpful. We didn't even do any deep conscious breathing at the beginning. There's a whole bunch of different ways we could do a podcast, right? And normally we do that in our work. So anyway, for those of you that want to know more, my website is jillreneefeeler.com. If you liked this, thank you so much for giving a little like. If you want to know more and want to get the next uh, episode, whenever that will be, I'm doing busy doing a lot of other things other than podcasting. That's not my top priority. Um, but hit subscribe and then make sure you hit the bell icon to receive the notifications. Um, there's other rating and commenting and writing a review or whatever that you could do or sharing it or posting it on your wall if you like this and felt like it was a uh, unique experience for knowing yourself and knowing this world. And I guess that's it. <laughs> All right. Bye. I hope you're having a good day. Bye-bye.